Welcome to episode 10 of our Lincoln. I'm here today with Darren Beckett, director at Taylor Walsh Property Consultants. Uh, before we get started, as always, just want to say a quick thank you to the sponsors. So a huge thanks to CityX, Visit Lincoln, White Hart Hotel, Stokes Tea and Coffee for sponsoring the podcast, and also guest sponsors for the episode today, my own company, MR7 Marketing, and as always, Aikido Gaming Bar as well. Uh, so I'll bring Darren at this point. Thanks very much, Darren, for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, do you just want to give us a quick uh, overview of uh, who you are and what Taylor Walsh does? Yeah, sure. So we are, um, obviously the term property consultants obviously equates to estate agent. Mm-hmm. So we are a full, fully-fledged estate agent offering sales, letting, property uh, management. Yeah. Um, and we're based at BG Futures, which Fantastic. is just off Longdale's Road yeah. in Lincoln. Brilliant. Um, so talk to us about how long Taylor Walsh has been in existence. I think you're a relatively new business in Lincoln, if I, is that correct or is that just yeah. yeah, so within Lincoln we've been um, open since last sort of end of April, start of May, so 2018. Yeah. Um, we have a Milton Keynes branch, it's been going about four and a half years, but Lincoln um, on its own, yeah, it's been going just be about sort of 15 16 months now. Yeah, fantastic. Things going well so far? Really well, yeah. Really expanding. New members of the team coming in. Yeah. Taking new ground in Lincoln, dealing with sort of new clients and things. So yeah. yeah, really exciting. And are you predominantly a residential state agent or do you deal with commercial side of things as well? Or? We have the, yeah, we have the capacity to deal with the commercial element of it. But at the moment, we've been concentrating more on residential um, sales, lettings and management. Brilliant. Fantastic. So let's talk a little bit then about sort of... Um, what led you to this point? So Taylor Walsh, you're the director of Taylor Walsh. So talk to us a little bit about what led you to uh, set up a branch of Taylor Walsh uh, yourself and how you got to that point throughout your career. Yeah, sure. Um, so I started in estate agency and um, what I call probably old school estate agency. Obviously, yeah. uh, some of the old generations probably argue that I was uh, into the modern modern realms. Uh, I started in sort of 2000, 2001 yeah. at a uh, very... Um, old school estate agent was called Brogdon Buse Brown that changed okay. Buse Brown and Partners and um, uh, Winkworths eventually um, oh, yeah. so I, I started off as admin um, and then quickly went into doing the sales progression mm-hmm. and I remember back in the day you weren't allowed to touch the phones for the first sort of six to eight weeks okay. so you were sort of dying to get on the phone dying to get selling but I had to go through the admin learn the sales progression um, and then started off as a trainee sales negotiator yeah. uh, and just went from there really and sort of moved forward uh, into, into that. So um, as we went forward, um, went to, got headhunted by a big uh, Lincoln agent, mm-hmm. still one of the top three um, agents in the city on size wise. Yeah. Um, and then sort of moved around really, sort of uh, did four years there, then sort of um, uh, went on to look at things like lettings and then the yeah. lettings angle, property management went to run a few um, different sort of offices for people and departments and things. Yeah. And, uh, and there you are. Fantastic. So how did you, was uh, it always a choice to go into a state agency? Did you kind of fall into it or was it something you like developed a passion for over time or what was it that led you to go into it? Well, yeah, I always liked the idea of property, bricks yeah. and mortar, making an income from it and um, to be honest with you, more of the aesthetics of buildings, the architecture, yeah. um, interior sort of design, that sort of element. and. Uh, uh, back in the day, I worked at a uh, still here Ritzy nightclub, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, my my uh, my ex, ex now ex wife she had said to me, "Well, you can keep on working here forever, but you're not going to get anywhere." No. Uh, and then she started forcing me to put my CVs into all the estate agents. She thought in Lincoln there seemed to be more estate agents at the time than anything else. So yeah, still uh, a lot actually, isn't there? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, too many, too many. Some would say. And I guess and the uh, commute is the same because Ritzy is obviously on uh, yeah. sort of like estate agents row, isn't it, down Silver Street? So well, the yeah. commute was still all right. I think I spent out of the sort of nineteen years there. I think I spent about sort of fourteen, fifteen years, and then just literally popped out of the city centre. So, so yeah, um, so yeah, so that, that's looking at moving forward is always about for me developing myself and um, not that I'm going to chop and change again hopefully yeah. but, uh, but looking on and things develop economy changes you know sure. environments change and things so. yeah so what was the sort of the key driver that made you want to sort of um, take your own branch then and sort of be responsible for your own sort of like day-to-day uh, well basically to lead your own business essentially um, yeah lo- lots of lots of things really um, 
I think when you first start, you always start off small. So you start, you know, when I started as a trainee, I never imagined I had my own business. I think it's like a pipe dream. Yeah. Until you own your own business. And then, uh, but no, you, we, I sort of looked at things, then grew and grew and grew. Um, I was quite fortunate to be asked to return back to uh, a company I worked for previously. Um, uh, I, I opened a sales department um, for a little um, lettings company. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, quickly grew that to a quite respectable level of sold and available properties and at the time I think looking at my previous employers not to sound sort of too negative about them but I think they laughed at the fact that I'd opened my own sales department with right. a little old cheeky and um, sort of cocky Darren the estate agent and negotiator is obviously either moving forward or going to fall flat on his face and yeah, I thought sure. to myself I didn't want to do that I wanted to prove people wrong and I can, I can make it so I had no experience of opening a sales department opened it, it flourished um, I invested heavily into it personally um, all my evenings were taken up, consumed by it, but we grew and grew and grew it. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm nothing negative about my old employers, but we reached a point when they wanted to go somewhere else in their business to where I thought the market was going. Yeah. Um, it came at a time when um, online agents were coming in, mm-hmm. and they, I think, made a detrimental mistake of um, trying to offer two services. Yeah. And my opinion is you're either an online agent or you're I wouldn't like to say traditional or you, you, you know, sort of you know uh, conventional estate yeah, agent or sure. hybrid estate agent but if you offer two packages you're sort of torn between what you are I think there's no yeah. identity so it's my personal opinion and I, and I, 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 I spoke to them about it um, and we basically I was to mutually decide I decided that at that point in the fork in the road I would go off and do my own thing yeah. um, so quite a scary time but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now we're looking at the rewards of, of what's happened that's fantastic so what would you say are the, the sort of key benefits of being like an entrepreneur and owning your own business so I've had a few business owners on the show in the past yeah. and obviously now I'm running my own business as well full time from your perspective what have you seen as like the major benefits of setting up your own business in Lincoln and um, driving that forward as yourself well, I thought, well my, my thoughts of when maybe like a couple of years ago I, I thought it was really important to for an ego thing to have your own name on the business um, yeah. you know, to have a Beckett's board out there <laughs> Beckett's doing this Beckett's doing that and I, I soon learned that the brand wasn't so much about me but as opposed to um, I wouldn't like to say my, my whole I'll be honest it wasn't about changing estate agency but it's about doing estate agency my way Yeah. Um, and it, a lot of it is about brand and a lot of it isn't about your personal brand so for clients, it's very important to have a very strong brand. Yes. But for the buyers we're trying to um, attract, they don't really care if they're buying from a, a red, green, or blue estate agent. No. Um, they just want to see the properties for sale or for letting. It's, for me, it was about choosing what I thought was the right path to get the properties out there and to have, in a selfish way, my own clients that I could, I could please. Yeah. Whereas before, every, every decision I had to make, whether it be buying a set of pens or, or you know, opening a branch or buying a new car or something, I had to run through somebody. Yeah. It was a bit more like responsibility. I think it's, as you grow up, you feel you can probably take a, um, and I'm 39 now, so I'm growing up, <laughs> uh, still a child, um, and um, you feel that you can take bigger bites out of the apple. And yeah. I suppose you get a little bit more hungrier and a little bit, like I said, the confidence comes with, with time. You know, the things I'm doing now, I would have you know, gasped that 10 years yeah. ago and probably laughed at myself. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So um, in terms of like the, the future for Taylor Walsh, where do you kind of see yourself taking it in like, and the future of estate agency? How do you kind of see that panning out and how do you see Taylor Walsh being at the forefront of that going forward? Well, I was quite, I was quite lucky. I mean, um, I would like to say that I, I uh, created all the marketing I created this, you know, the strong stag, um, stag, uh, stag branding. Yeah, um, it's good actually. The sales boards are really good. We've seen that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're getting out there. People are noticing them. You know, uh, my business partner Jamie, we have uh, we jointly own Lincoln, and uh, we often get referred to the reindeer or the drunken <laughs> drunken donkey. You do some good Christmas <laughs> branding actually. That's cool. Maybe I start thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I've got logos set up a little, uh, yeah, a little lamp there, and um, yeah, so so we. Um, we believe estate agencies evolved, and we know it's evolved. Yeah. We, we don't believe that the online platform is the way forward. Okay. 
and we believe corporate state, state agency, and we've seen it, is dying. Mm-hmm. Because what's happened is it, it's, it's a people industry. So the online sector came in and said, look, and that's all to be honest, estate agents have got a really bad rep. Buyers don't like to deal with them. Vendors would not like to deal with them ideally, but they have to do yeah. They're a necessary evil. And we said um, from the outset that the online platforms, uh, I won't name brands, but there's quite a few that have folded. Yeah. There's quite a lot that are struggling at the moment. There's ones that are offering free listings. And those are sort of agents that we believe don't invest anything other than giving you a right move listing. Yeah. Um, you, know, you have to do everything yourself. And sometimes you have to work 10 times as hard as a vendor to, to, to do all the work that yeah. should have been, yeah. an agent should be doing. So we said things have evolved. Age, people aren't going into branches anymore. Uh, I know they do, you know, I'm not going to say no one goes into a branch. No. But eight out of 10 people don't go into a branch because they don't have to because all yeah. the information they've got is there. So what we said is, what agents have failed to realise is that be- be- before they become a very successful estate agent, they need to be a very good marketing agent. Yeah. Um, if you can't attract anybody through your marketing, you'll never yeah. become an estate agent. Yeah. You'll just become a poor marketing agent. <laughs> so we said we're, we're going to basically um, scrap um, a city centre office. Yeah, so we're going to ask you about that because obviously you're based at BG Futures. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about the impact of not having somewhere with footfall. Yeah. Because I've got to like I've never unless it's for a specific meeting about a specific property that I've already been to see, I've never walked into a high street estate agent. Yeah. And I wondered whether that's something that you kind of picked up on and therefore thought we'd actually need to have this city centre location or retail park location or whatever where are they ones based. Yeah. part of me has a feeling of guilt for my old employers because probably four and a half, five years ago when I opened the sales department um, uh, for the for my last employer self-employed um, they had a little office on Burton Road it, it, it was crammed we were crammed in it was yeah. dark it wasn't very nice it was, it was serviceable and um, my argument then was we need to go into town to go against the bigger agents not against them but to, to, to be seen yeah. when people walked up and down the street vendors driving past looking at state agents get the branding out there so I, I persuaded them to take in a city centre office and within I mean whatever everyone whatever people say, whatever people's opinion is, I've worked on the street, I know how it, how it works. Yeah. Um, and within two, two and a bit years, the footfall had just died off. The only people that could come in, uh, so would come in, would be tenants with you know, complaints about boilers, things like that, yeah, which yeah, could yeah. be done either over the phone or they can come in, they don't have to be city centre. And what we said is, um, and what we firmly believe is, and I don't mean this to be negative again, but I might say it's a lot in this, in this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but glass-fronted city centre offices only serve the um, benefit of the agent. They are just a window to show, you know, they're displaying themselves in yeah. the window. Yeah. And if you look at a lot of brand, uh, brands, not all of them, but a lot of brands just promote, you know, free valuations or all their souls in the window to try and yeah. trap people. Yeah. Uh, and that's all it is. And now with the um, marketing going to more towards online, which I'm not, I'm not here to, to kill off retail. I think it's really important we still have retail in the city centre, you know, clothing, Absolutely, food, yeah. like that. but I think online's changed and we still wanted to have a great space and environment where people could come in, you know, service reception, you know, come in for a coffee, come and have yeah. a chat, we've got a meeting table, just gone for a bigger office. Yeah. It's a good um, spot, isn't it, BG Futures? I really cool. like it, yeah. Well, we, the danger for us, um, I suppose, especially with all the online sector, I mean, a year and a bit ago, there was, they, were, they weren't new, but they were a lot newer than they were now, was that, hang on a second, you've just started a business in the city, all the online seemed to be taking a good, well, slowly started taking chunks out of the market, um, you're actually making yourself, in some respects, being a new entity, invisible, yeah. apart from people who know you. But this is what I did when I opened, I was going to mention the company's name then, when I opened the <laughs> sales department for my last employer, yeah. is that it was about people. And I didn't, if you'd given me, if you, on day one, if you'd given me 300 houses, I would have probably just crumbled. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed me. I wasn't ready for that. No. And I think with what we've done is we've built something solid. Mm-hmm. Whereas we haven't gone, and we're not on fee against the pitch, and on fee we're not the cheapest agent. Yeah. We deliver the best, and I believe we get the vendors the best price. Yeah, I firmly believe that on the on the stats and what we deliver for our clients, we fee to me isn't important because overall we will put the most money in the client's back pocket. 
Um, so having having everything set up correctly has enabled us to do that. But with with BG, yeah, it was always a risk. But what we what we said is we want you know we want to sell your house, Mark, and yeah. then we want you to tell your friends, and that's how we wanted to build the brand. We yeah. Did, we didn't, and I'm not. I'm not against agents that go out touting for business and leaflet dropping and stuff. We do, we do, do you know what we call twenty twenty boards, where if we sell our property in the street, we'll let the street know we've sold one. Yeah. But we didn't want to aggressively attack other agents like they do to our stuff. No. What we wanted to do was grow it so we would be known as a problem solver. Yeah. And if I'm honest with you, it's still, it's still um, right where we are now. Um, we're not always the first choice. No. Which used to upset me because I think we're great. <laughs> yeah, and, of course. Uh, obviously, cocky estate agent, I think we're great. I think we do a great job and clients, clients hopefully think we do. But we find it easier. It sounds really bizarre. There's some stats, and I don't know the exact stats, but it was saying that the person to sell the property is normally the second agent that's instructed, unless it's sold straight away, obviously. So we sometimes get delivered a house that isn't selling, right. so, which is great. I think, you want that agent? That's a big agent. They haven't now sell the house yeah. in six months. They put it on with us, and we look at it, and we're not here to tear apart the other agent, but we look at the marketing and go, wow, you know, poor photography, yeah. no floor plans, or little things like no measurements on the floor plans, so when you're on your iPhone, you have to flip between screens to look at yeah. the floor plan and yeah. the measurements. Um, you know, we hear the agent said they do all the viewings, they don't do the viewings, they, you know, you know they've missed that on viewings at the weekend, you know, there's no communication, there's no yeah. updates. So sometimes you could look at it and go, it's easy to analyze that and see where things have gone wrong. And, um, but um, for us, we disre- disregard what's gone on before. Because if you yeah. copy and paste what they've done, you're gonna get the same results. Yeah. So we look at things and we have a marketing team that we put in place. Mm. And, and by no means, I think they're, they're worth it, but they're very expensive marketing teams. Yeah, they as are. You know. well, as <laughs> yeah, they are, but like, you know, I think some people see the value in it and other mm. people don't. And there's a lot to be said for, although it is key to any marketing operation to demonstrate return on investment, the intangibles that you can't measure are relationship building, yes. brand, yes. and your, the impact that you're making day to day without actually necessarily seeing an immediate return. Yes. Having an expert marketeer in your team is invaluable, and actually it's the key part of any business. Yeah. Some people understand that and some people don't, and I think that you do understand that. And I, I get the impression that most estate agents, and I don't know this, it's just me surmising, that they don't employ marketeers. Yes. And the person that does the social media and the photographs is maybe the, the junior exec letting the negotiator perhaps. That's not to speak down on, it, on those people, but that's just my perception, having dealt uh, through my own sort of uh, mm. dealings with estate agents in the past, that, and, as a, and as a marketeer, you see your, something that your biggest asset being sold in a way that you think you could do it better. Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of, um, I, I would like to think we, we, we set trends and things, but we haven't, people, people have been doing it a while. I mean, we, we looked at the London trends, mm. especially with our Milton Keynes branch being so close to London. Um, Jamie had dealt with a lot of, my um, business partner dealt with a lot of uh, marketing companies, some, bought, some poor, some good. And we looked at how things were going forward and how things are still developing, you know. Um, say for example, um, Instagram. Yeah. Um, all it used, used to be about the posts. Mm-hmm. You post and you boost and you post and you boost. And now apparently more people are looking at Instagram stories yeah, than they absolutely. are the posts. Yeah. So I was looking at those and you know, Facebook stories and stuff. I mean, it's still quite primitive, even though like Facebook is still pushing heavily towards business and boost, boosting posts. It's pretty hard to get results on Facebook these days, to be fair. Very yeah. hard. Yeah. But they don't allow businesses to have um, like Facebook stories and things like that. It's really, it's really backwards and things. So there's things that we want to see evolve. But it, it's true. It's true. It's scrap all of that away. And I've always said this: any any estate agent in a good market can sell or let properties yeah. or manage properties. Um, but it's when the market toughens and when you I hope I can say this word, but when you work in the crap market yeah. things are actually going poorly we had a couple of months where things were just falling through things weren't selling and stuff but we have to keep on going this is what we talked about marketing mm. most agents what they do is some have very poor marketing some have very good but yeah. some, we've seen it with marketing companies and I've worked for them mm-hmm. going back in the days when we had the Lynchia Echo yeah. 
Um, I used to work oh, we still have it, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> we, still, we still have it, but the, the property paper isn't what it was. No, okay. And, you know, buyers used to wait around for the property paper to come in. You know, we used to have extra staff in the office. It was a big agent I worked for at the time. Yeah. We used to do 120 house sales in the peak of the market. Um, it was absolutely crazy times, 10 negotiators, but these were all manned in the office. We had all that to be in because they would start queuing at the door at like half past quarter nine, half past eight, quarter nine to get in, wow. which doesn't happen anymore because no. people have got the information. You used to literally hold it and tease yeah. people with it. Yeah. Um, but we used to have like eight pages yeah. and I noticed what other agents used to do. So when I worked for this company, they would hold their eight pages, even though it's the most expensive media to pay for. Yeah. And the prime, their prime central page. And I used to argue, yeah. like, when I worked for a different company prior to working for that one, I used to say, why do they always get the middle page? Because yeah. they were heavily invested. Yeah, yeah. And other agents used to, and I used to work for one that could afford two pages, and that was a push. Yeah. The amount of water in, and they would halve it to one, and some agents go down to half a page. And, and I was always taught early on, whether the money's coming in or not, and whether things are going right or not, you push, push, push mm-hmm. on your marketing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I can't say to a client, well, I've not pushed your house today because the market's quiet <laughs> yeah. and it was struggling a little bit. You know, you have to push, push, push. And, and it's the ones that do that make a breakthrough. Speculate to accumulate. It, it, it is, yeah. yeah. And, we, we, and the first three months when we opened Teddy Walsh, we did that. We sort of bang, bang, bang on the door. And I must admit, I don't think we had the marketing team that early on in Lincoln. And we did. We, I thought we got some good posts at the time. But you look back on your old marketing, you go, "Oh yeah, um, yeah." Man, I'm saying, I, I look back on some of the things I did that maybe like when I'm ten years ago when I started out. I think, "Oh, that was really brilliant." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" But that that worked then. It won't work now. And we looked at the stuff. And if I'm honest with you, some of the stuff that we spent our money on, not clients' money on, was we threw it into the ethos and expected the return. It was like throwing a rock in a cave and expecting a diamond to come back. <laughs> yeah. And um, and that's what agents are doing. They're, yeah. they're, a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them have Facebook pages, Instagram pages. Oh, they're not being used In most cases, I think like for me, I feel like there's a massive sort of missed opportunity with targeted social media yeah. advertising. Um, why aren't you know the properties that are, like, say my property for example is a top floor um, two bedroom apartment near yeah. the hospital yeah. well, within walking distance hospital that should be targeted at um, young medical staff yeah. with certain interests with certain levels of income da, 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 all those things that can be done it's not difficult but it's, it's not being done and actually you find yourself in like a 16 page PDF email document that goes out and then you've got to hope that that person that is re- that somebody that opens email and 33% click rate would be good they say the people that then open that so that 33% have to want to buy somewhere in Lincoln yeah. they have to want an apartment they have to only want two bedrooms they have to be all these things to, yeah. and you work down from, we've got a subscriber list of 10,000 or whatever it is but actually well, minimise that to 3,000 straight away because half people, like more than two thirds of people aren't going to open it. Yeah. Then the people that want an apartment and the people that want in Lincoln, then the people that can afford the top floor apartment. That yeah. That you're down to like 10 people not even interested. It is true. I mean, yeah. I, I, get, I, um, I lost a listing to a big agent and they were recommended by a friend and, and, and the, the younger me, would have, as soon as someone said, oh, you've been recommended by a friend, I thought, Instant listed, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, that, that's you know, it's in the bag, as I, as I say. And um, I went there, and as soon as I went there, she said, "Well, this other agent has sold the one next door, and they've sold it for um, one. I think it was one forty-five, hundred forty-five thousand. And automatically, my comparables for her house were based at around one thirty, one thirty-five. And I looked at hers, looked at the other one, and I said, something's not right there. The conservatory was small on hers. The the decor wasn't as good." Um, but it's still, still a good solid house yeah. and the tenants were moving out and I knew as soon as she said it that she said oh I've got 17 viewings on that they've, um, they've got 17 people that are going to be in my house and this lady was a marketing lady a sales lady yeah. and I said you do know that 17 people is a sales pitch to get you to list and obviously I'm not going to talk bad about another agent no. but you know, it's, when someone's heads in their own property sometimes they don't see the wood for the trees and it's always easier to, um, to comment from the outside and then the inside oh, of course, yeah. but obviously I, I got a feedback from her saying I would have chosen you but I can't deny the fact that they've sold next door 17 viewers and I wasn't going to lie to her and say oh, and we'd sold two around the corner but I didn't have I can honestly say to her I've got 17 people are going to view your house no. I've, got, I've got hundreds and you know not hundred thousand hundreds and maybe thousands of people on my main list in general yeah. but like you said when you start looking down 
you know, can agents actually be honest and say, oh, I've got six people that'd be interested in rounds? Because that's not interesting to clients. No, no, no. But I always try to communicate honesty in, in state agency, and it's very, it's very hard yeah. you know, when other agents are saying other things. So, so what's happened? You get two week right to cancel in the state agency. Yeah. Obviously, you know, for, for you know, sort of selling, sort of selling rights and things. So, uh, selling rights, obviously, because obviously pressure selling and things. And she, yeah. she came back to me just after two weeks and said, guess what? I said, you've had no viewings. I've had no viewings, no communication, no nothing. And I said, you, you see now that that was just a selling ploy. Yeah. And my argument here was maybe go back to the state agent and said, I listed with you. Mm. I signed your contract on the pure, on the, on the sole thing of you saying you had 17 people. So we always try and be honest with our marketing. Yeah. And you know what? It, sometimes, you you all know by stats, on RightMove, we use something called RightMove Plus, which is the background, the state agency side of um, RightMove. And I, you can say to me, Darren, I've had no viewings for four weeks, what's going on? I go, don't worry about it, Mark. You're, you, know, you know, thousands of people look at your house. You get an average view of 60 to 100 people a day that look in your house, yeah. you know, but no one's viewing it. And then the other angle is, I've got other houses that I'm getting like seven to 10 viewings a week, and the stats are terrible. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm anti-stat man, yeah. but I have to respect the stats that are there, because obviously the advisors that sometimes if you throw in marketing at things and the things coming back, then you need to readjust and reevaluate where you're spending. Yeah, it reminds me of that Simpsons, that great Homer Simpson quote, that people can use statistics to prove anything. I love that quote. Really? It's true though, like you can, you can twist certain stats, can't you? You could say you've had all these views, but obviously no one's booked yet, but you've had like, you know, 60 click-throughs this week or something like that, and to like kind of twist it in your, in your favour. Agents do, agents yeah. do. It, 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 I'll be honest with you, it's tempting. It's, it's, it's tempting. It's hard, because you want to be honest, but it's tempting to say to vendors, do you want me to tell you the truth, or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you it's worth 10 grand more than you think it's worth? Yeah. Um, or, or you know, if you think it's worth 250, it's actually worth 240. Yeah. I'll always be honest and say, I think it's worth 240. I haven't got a problem trying it a little bit higher for you, yeah. but if we do that, this is what might happen. Um, and to be honest with you, I've worked in markets where I've gone out, um, normally with friends and you know, being taught quite free, you can talk, sometimes talk differently to friends yeah, and exactly, like, yeah. And I've gone out and they've said, I value something at 240 and they've said, we want to try it at 250 and I've said, oh, you're crazy, you'll never get that. Look, yours is 10 grand more than the last one I've just sold. I mean, can we try it? You put it on the market, it goes straight away. And I've worked in markets where they've done it and I go, I'll advise you not to. And then yeah. we've had to you know, drop 10, 15 yeah. the other way. But the problem with that is when you start, when clients, because I always say to people, we're here to get you the best price, but always do your purchasing or selling or letting figures on the worst price. And your yeah, mortgage sure. advisor will probably say that to me. Yeah. I'm not a mortgage advisor, I can't give advice. But what clients do, you value it 240, then they go, let's stick it on for 250. Yeah. And then the market toughens. And then they say, well, if I drop it to 240, I've lost 10 grand. Well, you're never going to get never that. Everything's <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> going to be relative, really. Yeah. So. That's interesting. So let's talk a little bit then about sort of like the how you see the future of estate agency in general um, taking shape because there has been a more of a shift towards the more digital platforms hasn't yeah. there? and I know you've taken yourself out of the city centre and, yeah. um, so how do you see the future of, of estate agency in general and also the future of marketing properties in general because that's quite an interesting subject in terms of how people are presenting properties whether it is predominantly more through social media in the future yeah. or whether there's going to be more like smaller agents basically working as like marketing agencies essentially as opposed to doing the more uh, technical more detailed aspects of it how do you think it's going to develop over the next few years for me I've, I've been uh, let's talk honestly I've been quite happy I've been quite sad to see some of the estate agents close down so when Buse um, Brown sold to Winkworths pretty much had the same people working in the branch yeah but it wasn't the abuse brand that i was trained in uh, yeah. the old school estate agency you know um it obviously it sold out and still worked in the branch so when that closed i was a bit sad you know you had companies like walters closing mm-hmm. um i know they've sold their business onwards but the way i think that's gone i think it was a it, it once was a very strong brand yeah and and i hope people that are involved in the business don't think of being disrespectful, but it just, for whatever reason, and I did work within the branch, I yeah. was the letters manager, it didn't evolve, right. uh, or couldn't evolve, or there wasn't the, uh, it wasn't within the business owners to evolve the business, or they just, you know, it was time to just, you know, um, dissolve it. Um, and then I see other companies that have kind of come into their own, mm-hmm. 
Um, and to be honest with you, um, there are a lot of really good estate agents in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And you know, I meet some of them sometimes and I think I've got to walk my game. Um, and it is always about, because we're here to attract clients, but I see some of the large agents and they're very sloppy with what they right. do. Uh, Photography is appalling. Um, you know, we, we can, we all, we're all guilty, we can always improve and stuff. Yeah. But some of them is, you know, I wouldn't put some of their photography on a hundred grand house, let alone a five hundred grand house. Yeah. I think some of us have, have been charging too much for too long, yeah. and some of us have charged too little, and we can't reinvest it back into the client's marketing. So I think the 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 scary thing for me is I thought the online business was going to come in and yeah. take over, um, but there's just no repeat business because. People will not toler- tolerate, I'm sorry to use this to swear with people, crap business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will not accept low standards. Um, I found as the economy, things have got more expensive and people are feeling more squeezed, they've got less time, they're less tolerant. Oh, yeah, yeah, people expect high quality for everything. Yeah? Even if they're not actually paying like premium prices, they expect you to still the deliver an absolutely amazing service, yeah. And, you know, and there are things we can do. I mean, the evolution for me, I think, is going to be. Um, Agents like Taylor Walsh. Um, I think, honestly, I think you're going to see a lot more, and there's a lot heavily, I won't name the companies because it's not right for me to advertise those companies, but there's a lot, there's a lot of businesses now that have been set up, a lot coming from America, right. some big brand names, and basically they, they're like um, the background of a state agency, and they basically um, sponsor estate agents. So yeah. they, you say um, Darren Beckett um, and he's supported by and then the brand. Mm-hmm. So you go out on your own website and, uh, and things like that. They facilitate right move, all the admin, all the backroom stuff. Yeah. The danger for me with that is, is that just online estate agency? Um, there's, 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 there's somebody out there at the moment that seems to be making waves. But for me, I thought, go out, just do it on my own, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I soon realised that you get caught up in so much work and there's so much admin and compliance and estate agents now yeah. that we're now on our fourth team member. So we've right. just employed someone to start Monday. She's doing great stuff. She's going to actually go out um, today and tomorrow doing some of her own viewing. She's from a state agency anyway. And, you know, you st- my danger is that people strip, because of cost of things, strip stuff too far back yeah. and then clients suffer from it and stuff. But for me... I think it's going to go, you're going to see a lot more, um, unfortunately, I might be wrong, shoot me if I'm wrong, but corporate estate agency is dead. Mm-hmm. People are sick of, of, of the poor service, so they'll get stripped out. They can't, uh, there's a lot of them struggling now, they can't go forward. The online sector, I think, will start reducing. Mm-hmm. The online sector only works when huge amounts of properties are being listed by those online agents yeah. and they're getting the fees in. Yeah. And now I think one high-profile online agent is now having to look at doing no sell, no fee, and doing fixed fees. So what are they saying? They're pretty much, well, we now realise that we can't afford to do what we're doing. Yeah. So we're going to charge what the other good agents are doing. Yeah. Say so good, but other estate agents doing high street agents yeah. in, in brackets, um, in commas, sorry, and um, and then we're going to expect you to pay for it. Whereas this was the danger with Taylor Walsh. We didn't want people to think we're an online agent and stuff, but. We, we think we've shown our muscle over the last sort of year and a bit that we've actually can deliver yeah. what we say, um, really. But, um, yeah, there's loads of tech out there now. Yeah. And do you expect to see people, like, more and more, the vendors taking more responsibility of themselves and thinking that this may or not be true, but they think that they can do what an estate agent would do for them themselves. So they'll market the property themselves. Yeah. They'll try and process all the paperwork themselves. Do you think, do you expect to see more people taking that approach in the future? or? The, the risk was always that, for me, the biggest risk in estate agency is that big platforms, big portals go, we don't need estate agents anymore. Mm. Vendors want to do it all themselves, but you, you know, I'm not saying you no, exactly, no, but no. say for example, you might be very accomplished in your own business, but when you deal with your own asset, this is why you have accountants and yeah, things like that, yeah. and why you have business and tax advisors. When it comes to your own assets, people just crumble. Yeah. And I get certain clients that go out to you, and I look at them and I go, well, they're, they're, they're a high flyer, they're really articulate, they know what they're doing. It comes to property, and they just, you know, they, they And they're they I guess, it's an emotional thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, that was terrible when I saw my own house. I used to get some of my own viewings because I would take things to art. But I, I get a lot of clients that hand me the keys and go, don't want to do anything. I want you to do everything. So you're always going to get them. Yes, there is that. There is that danger that people will think they can always do it better. Yeah. And there are certain houses that I'll be honest with you. We, we can tailor our packages. Yeah. Um, but there are certain clients that go. You know what? I love doing my own viewings. Um, yeah. I love you know doing this and that in estate agency. And, but but for what we do, we have a certain type of client that comes to us. Yeah. 
And I always believe we're not here to put other agents out of business. No. We're here just to do a good job. And I think that, like any business, any, any industry, there is always um, um, an agent for each type of person. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and we don't name brands, but sometimes you get clients that you think, I just don't think I'll be able to work with them. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then they're the sort of clients that you probably, as soon as you walk into the appointment, you'll get it with your clients. Yeah. You don't connect. I try and get on with everybody, but I'm a little bit more mighty. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay in my mind. Sometimes I keep my mouth shut, but I'll always be honest with you. I'll always be open. You might not like what I've got to say. You might yeah. think I'm talking rubbish, but I'll always say it. Because if I don't say it, I'm not being true to myself. No. And, and sometimes you'll get other people that are a bit yes people and tell them what they want to hear. And, 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 and sometimes you being honest with people, you actually, when you finish the appointment, you actually realise you're on two different pages. Yeah, sure. And then you get your feedback from the client because you chase them up and say, look, we've had, a, we've had an appointment, I valued your house, watching to value the services and stuff. And they go, you know what? You offered exactly what they did. Yeah. And I would prefer you because of this or I prefer them. Yeah. And sometimes you go, well, I'm never going to change. No. And it's right that you should go to them. Yeah. And then sometimes you see them in six months. Yeah. And sometimes I think, um, you know, the... The saying that people buy from people is very true. So, I mean, when, I, when we've listed properties in the past, you essentially, whichever agent you choose, you basically usually choose the person that you have the best rapport with, don't you? Because you feel like you're going to get the best long-term relationship with that person. So as much as you can have a fantastic brand and you can have, you know, you know whatever services you have, it usually is, for me anyway, I usually would base it on a relationship that's created on that, on that first and second meeting, perhaps. I don't know if that's something you find as well, that you kind of... It's all about relationship building and kind of getting developing a rapport with your clients. Is that kind of how you find it works? Or? Yeah, I've, I, I, there is. We all want to make lots of. We're in business. We all want to make lots of money. That's not yeah. my sole aim. But obviously, ultimately, I've got to put food on the table. I've got to take the kids on holiday. I've got to feed my son's Lego habit, and um, which I've created. Sons or yours? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I, I pick up these complicated design ones, which are probably not complicated to other people. My brain doesn't work that way. And then I'm building it when he's out in the garden, cutting something down, cutting a tree down. <laughs> but no, um, with, with that, for me, it was about growing the business to a level that gave me um, a stable company in probably... I mean, I know property is still a stable environment at the moment, but it's unstable in some respects. Because no, no one knows what's going to happen on them. I'm not going to get into politics, but the whole <laughs> big B word. That. <laughs> it's never going to happen. It will happen, but it never happen. But we, the danger for me is that I am promoting a personal service. Yeah. So what most agents do is, say for example, you work for a company that's got 300 houses. You are going to be working flat out to list a lot of houses. Yeah. So you're going to say to that, you're going to say to that client, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you, I'm going to do this, so we're going to deliver this they're not they're on to the next listing yeah they especially the online sector um what again this, i'll just be honest with you what i'm going to say um one agent that went to a list of the house and the vendor knew that next door was on the market this online agent the online agent that came to visit them didn't even know it was on with them oh wow the same company it's terrible and he actually said to them in fact he said um, what do you want for the property and they said well we think it's worth this price and he said yeah i'll stick on for that <laughs> but so by the way so but we if I say to you, and again, obviously there are different people in the business that will do certain bits, yeah. but ultimately, if I'm saying to you, I'm your personal agent, yeah. I will, whether you like me or not, or whether you have to disinstruct me to get rid of me, or I'll have to sell <laughs> it for you, I'll be with you from the start to the finish. Yeah. And, and it is a relationship thing where my danger for me is that I don't want to create a beast of a company where I can't do what I set out to do. Yeah, sure. So I don't want 300 houses. That, that's a weakness for me. Yeah. I'm dealing at the moment, I think at the moment we've got about, if I'm honest with you, we've got about 36 listings, mm -hmm. about another seven, about seven or eight in the pipeline and some new homes coming. Um, I want to be working really under around 50 listings. Now, some agents would gasp at that and go, yeah. that is a terrible number, but we don't work on cheap fees. We're no. not here to get massive volumes of it. I want to be able to look at my, I don't like to call it stock, look at my property, clients' properties and say, you know what, that needs marketing, that one's not getting views, that one's, you know, romping home, that's going to get an offer yeah. soon. I want to be able to, the team to be snappy, that was a click of the thumb that was, and <laughs> really snappy with things and know the clients, you know, when they ring up, you know, I know it's, it's Mr. Smith, you know, I know who you are, Mr. Smith, yeah. you know, I know where you're coming from, I know where you're going to, yeah. not, who are you? Yeah. Um, I can't find your property on the system, sir. Yeah. I don't want to be that sort of company. No. Um, and 
for me, it's, it's a bit like um, having a, an ownership of something, mm. having a responsibility to a client. So if I give them a load of BS at the start of it, if I, if I just feed them with rubbish, I've got problems down the line. Yeah, for sure. And that client's going to go, you know, and they, and they hold you to it, don't they? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right, Darren, you told me you're going to do X, Y, and Z. This yeah. is why I've never, and I have done it before actually, but I don't do it anymore. Someone says to me, how long is it going to take to sell? Because oh, yeah. the agents in it's like 24 hours. I've got someone sat in their office and I say, your house generally will take 0 to 2, 0 to 4, 0 to 6 weeks. Um, but the market we're in at the moment, we're finding and it's pre-judgment because you, you're looking at something and you're analysing it and it's subjective. You get two listings and one of them you go, that'll sell straight away. Yeah. That's going to fly out the window. You're yeah. going to get 20 viewings on that. That's going to go. The other one, and you're honest with the vendor, it's going to take you probably a couple of months to sell it yeah. because you've got 10 light doors in the area and there's not that many buyers. Then what happens? The one that you think is going to stick flies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. So you've always got to adapt with the market. Sure. And, and again, marketing will obviously need to do that as well. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's brilliant. So it sounds like things are really moving uh, really quickly and really well with Taylor Walsh. Let's bring it around a little bit now to kind of Lincoln, the city yes. itself. You're from Lincoln originally, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about the city that made you want to... A, stay here and, and sort of keep your skills here and B, what is it that you kind of uh, enjoy about the city from, like, you know, from a non-professional standpoint, from like the things that you like to do in your downtime with the kids or just like, you know, restaurants or that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, so we said we wouldn't get into football, didn't we? We can get into football if you like. I'll, I'll touch gently on it because it's, yeah. it's the same thing. The, the, the love people have for Lincoln is like football club, Lincoln City, and obviously there's been all the, you know, obviously the managers leaving and things yeah, like sure. that. Um, but seeing, I mean, if going back, I'm 39, so obviously when I was knocking around Lincoln, when did we start going to town, sort of like, shouldn't say this, we might get parents in trouble. <laughs> probably 10 or something, say. We used to be, because it was safe, it was a safe city, you get on the bus yeah. from Monks Road into town. There wasn't a lot about, a couple of pubs it used to be, there was still the Falcon, um, um, Martha's was it? Ritzy nightclub, which obviously was a bit early for me. It was Ritzy one, Ritzy two back then, <laughs> and um, and there was a couple of pill pubs. Um, Army careers were in the city centre. Yeah. There's a couple of sound shops. There was no real retail in Lincoln. Um, and the exciting thing for me, and maybe I'm old in my head, and uh, but I like to see things develop. And I I get absolutely sick and tired of people on Facebook on the you know things like the Lincoln Eye and things. Sorry, sorry to make sure the company is, but the people are slandering students and stuff. Mm. Um, you know Siemens stage, you know obviously Bruston's Siemens stage. The university's come and it's it's actually spread life into the city. Yeah, and it's a bit like when people follow you know Lincoln back in the day. It was terrible to live in. Yes, we've got a beautiful cathedral, beautiful castle, but what else was here? Mm. You know, it's not flat ground, we have got hills, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can't walk up very well. And, but it was like seeing, because you've lived here and you love it, yeah. and even though it's not that great, um, I'm just, just on the side, my friend lives in, uh, my friend's friend lives in Hartlepool, yeah. We went there for a night out. Wow, the kids posh compared to that. <laughs> and then um, I probably shouldn't lose in Hartlepool. And uh, and um, but seeing it grow and grow and grow and develop, and yeah. you know, starting off Lincoln Uni being one building, yeah, uh, to two to what it is now, and still developing. Um, a lot of things that I think could have been done better, like the bypass and things. But to actually be part of Lincoln and say, you know what, pardon me, bloody proud to live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Here. Yeah, and it. For me, a lot of people, I got a lot of jip from friends who moved to London, mm. you know, I've got friends in Hong Kong, um, that's as extravagant as I can get. <laughs> you, know, you know, friends all over, you know, one moved to Sheffield because it was easy to commute to all the major cities, yeah. and they all laugh and say, you've not moved out of the city. And a lot of it was, obviously, I met my ex-wife, obviously we had children together, yeah. and, and I still firmly believe, as a city, it's still one of the safest cities to bring children up in. Mm. And that was massive for me, you know, my sister moved to Nottingham, and I can't, and I couldn't even think about moving somewhere like that. I mean, Nottingham is great because it's, it's flourishing. Yeah, really but the it. crime is high, relatively low crime here. But the people, there's something about the people here that, that's great. I mean, obviously, yeah. you get your odd oddities, but, uh, <laughs> but no, as a city, it's, it's been amazing. And, it's, and, it's, and the same for the club. People follow and support Lincoln City Football Club through the bad times. These are the good times. I think Lincoln is one of those places to watch. I mean... I think Jamie, so. my business partner in Milton Keynes, is astonished at the prices. Even some of the what we class in Lincoln as some of the prime 
um, uphill prices. Yeah. You know, if you some of the houses that are five hundred grand here could be eight, nine, oh, hundred thousand, little keys and yeah. some. Um, so when you're looking at sort of those sort of things, it's still a great place to invest in to bring for family. And yeah, it's, it's and it still does attract people from the south. Yeah, you know, even though the boom of the south, people moving from the south has kind of stopped. Yeah, still people move here for a better lifestyle. Yeah, I think it's an incredible place to live. I've like no intention of um, of moving out of the city anytime soon. I absolutely love it here. And you're right about saying like the development of the university. Like when I was going to university, I started university in two thousand and six. Um, sorry to make you feel old there. <laughs> but, I'm older, I think, aren't I? Well, yeah, I'm 31, you're 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not old at all. In your prime. Um, but the University of Lincoln at that time wasn't really... I mean, I wanted to move out of Lincoln for a little while just to kind of, you know, experience another, t- another town or whatever, but... Um, you went, to, went to Gainsborough, did you? I went to Aberystwyth, actually. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah. I loved it there. Went, went to Cardiff. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't really an option at that point. And although no. I did want to leave, I wouldn't have stayed because I wanted to leave. But it wasn't really like my, it wouldn't have been on, in my top five choices no. at that point. However, now it's incredible. The impact it's had on the city has just been incredible. Um, the football club as well, you know, like I've been going to watch Lincoln since I was, I remember the first ever game I went to watch was Alan Shearer's first ever game for wow. Newcastle. Wow. He scored on his debut at Sinsel Bank in 1996, I think it was. We made him. Yeah. <laughs> we made him. Probably um, and there's been some great times and there's been some pretty horrendous times as well yeah. but um, it's amazing to see the pride in the city yeah. is, that's kind of been re-established over the last few years has been a lot down to the football club and the university developing and growing and bringing investment into the city uh, I think it's all it's all connected isn't it and people have a real pride in, the, in being from here and and being proud of the businesses we've got here and all that sort of stuff I think it's amazing one thing I've noticed I mean we Obviously, I can only really talk about the property sector because that's all I know, really. Yeah. But when we're looking at sort of cities, when London used to have its wobbles or its straights, we used to get what I used to call the problem of my term, but a ripple effect. Mm. So, we used to get the bad waves or good waves that came across. And Lincoln, as it strengthened and, and, and held itself, uh, it's a confident city now, and it's, it's still got space for growth. I mean, the road infrastructure is terrible. Um, you know, get you know. I, I was nearly went late, late to work this morning. Obviously, you've never should never be there after your staff, but you just can't be helped sometimes. No. And um, what we found, and what I believe, I'm not a, an economist, and I might be totally wrong, but Lincoln seems to be its only little economy, mm. and it is influenced by different sectors and things. But I think there's enough independence here. And in what I do, um, I'm anti corporate. Mm. Um, I don't believe that one size fits all. Mm. I believe you tell your service around the client. That doesn't mean one gets preferential over the other, but you can work out what they need. Don't don't sell or upsell things people don't need. No. Um, but um, you know, with, 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 what, with what we do here, I think Lincoln. Um, if you look at the top performing estate agents, um, they're all independent. Yeah. Um, they're all independent, oh, wow. and I believe there is something about somebody who's prepared to back themselves in any industry Uh you know marketing like you're doing or or any industry that's prepared to go you know this is what I do and and I haven't got a safety net and I think the thing for me in industry is I don't have a safety net yeah you know I just I left a salary yeah thinking I'm I'm good at selling houses yeah and and obviously I I had to learn how to be a business person yeah and I'm still learning you know we're all learning you know if you think you've worked it all out you haven't worked it all out and that's when you fall flat on your face but you know, one thing I learned early on, it's a bit of a cheesy saying, was fell forward. And I fell a lot of times, but I've just kept on going. Yeah. It's when people fail and they stop and then they try and lick their wounds, you just got to keep on keeping yeah, going. Keep driving and it's just that, it's just having that breakthrough. And, you know, and, um, so, you know, some, some parts of, parts of the, um, journey that I've obviously done with Taylor Walsh, um, I thought to myself, hey, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, the stress in life, um, I thought I can go and work for somebody may not take as good a salary but take a salary yeah. go home not worry about anything but that's just not me I like to be I'm, I'm either fully out or fully in yeah, sure. and I think with this it's enabled me to have a I think better life now but all the legwork people don't see when you're in your business yeah. is, is if I'm honest I'm not moaning about it but there's a lot of background stuff you know with all now the AML checks we have to do all, all the compliance we have to do for HMRC it took a little bit of the shine of the industry mm. and stuff, but we graft through it now and, and we do, and we're doing good but 
you know, the, the aim is that at the end of it, you don't just want to make money, but you want to make people to, to smile and they're actually yeah. pay, paying you. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. People don't mind. <laughs> people actually go, you know what, Darren, here's the check or here's the back payment. And you know what? You're worth every penny of it. It's when you actually do something and they go, I don't think I should pay you. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it's about, I'm not a charity, it's about making money, but it's actually about having a good, it sounds cheesy, having a good time with people. Oh yeah, I mean, um, um, at this point, this, this episode will be probably go out two weeks after we record it or a week and a bit, but I'm only at this stage three weeks into my own business and yeah. I've got, I've had two contracts signed so far and it's really, really satisfying and I'm it doing is. stuff that I really enjoy with those clients as well. It's not things that I'm like, oh God, I wish I wasn't having to do that bit of their marketing strategy. I'm doing stuff I really, really enjoy. And Your I'm, way. Yeah, I'm doing it my way and it's just, it's been fantastic. I'm only three weeks into the journey at this point. It'll be five weeks by the time this episode goes out and hopefully there'll be some more development by the time, but it's been, it's been the best thing ever and it wasn't actually by choice initially really going into, you know, I had to take a leap because of, of other circumstances, but actually it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. But those um, clients that you take on now, it's obviously as long as, long as uh, same with me, as long as we deliver what we say we deliver, we'll probably, you'll remember those ones yeah. and they'll be the ones that give you the stepping stones for the yeah, bigger things. But yeah. the, thing, the thing is with them is that they've, I learned early on is people do not care and obviously Terry Walsh is, 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 is Lincoln, is my baby, my Jamie's baby, um, we love it, but ultimately people, and I learned this early on, don't, don't rely on your brand. No. Back yourself. People buy into you, not your brand. Yes, your va- you, 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 your brand has a value. Yeah. But people, you know, this is when I left my last employee. They were upset because mm-hmm. I left. Whatever they say and do, they were upset because of they employed me. Because after a while, people started, you know, to recommend me and things. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, you sometimes leave that void. Yeah. And sure. People look for that void and stuff. So obviously, I'm teaching you about this business, but. But like, well, yeah, you're much more inside. The things I learned early on, and someone someone gave me the advice. I said, "Why are you branding the business so heavily? Mm-hmm. Brand yourself, back yourself." Yeah. And ultimately, yeah. clients will, you know, still now. Some of them might not even know where I actually I am, yeah. but they come and find me. They don't know where I'm actually working with it, mm. and a lot of them don't care because they've dealt with me before, and they go, "I want you." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is the danger of when you go self-employed is that you've got great people in the business, but ultimately, some people still bring you on the mobile sure. and don't want to deal with the rest of the staff because yeah. you know they don't, you know, they're you. Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah. Cool, all right. Before we wrap it up, do you just want to give a quick shout out to how people can get in touch with you if, they, if they're you know, looking to list or they want to just uh, yeah. have a meeting with you and chat things over? How can people reach out to you and get in touch? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you can always feel free to pop up to our, our branch at BG Futures. Um, so it's just off Longdale's Road, LM1 3DY. Pop up for a coffee and a chat. We can either chat and branch if you want to go somewhere a bit more private. We've got that facility. Um, our phone number is 01522 404040. Nice easy number. Um, or you can message me at darren at taylorwalsh.co.uk. Um, the phone lines are open 24, hour, uh, 24 hours a day. Um, we're open seven days a week. So just feel free to pop in and have a quick chat, even if it's early stages. Yeah. Or you just want some impartial advice. Things are going terribly. Yeah. You can always have to have a chat and have a coffee. Brilliant. And what's your Twitter handle? You could value on Twitter. So how can people find you on yes, Twitter and get involved? Um, just, um, yeah, I have to find that for you now. Just, just, <laughs> you put me on the spot now. Yeah, you can follow me. Again, I'm outspoken. You can follow me at Darren Beckett EA on Twitter. Fantastic. That's brilliant. So thanks very much, Darren, for doing this. Really appreciate it. It's been no great problems. chatting to you. Um, and before we wrap up, again, thank you to the sponsors, CityX, Visit Lincoln, the White Hart Hotel, Stokes Tea and Coffee, and uh, my own business course, MR7 Marketing. Do feel free to reach out if you need any support with your marketing strategy or anything marketing communications related, and as well, Aikido Gaming Bar as well. So thanks again, Darren, and tune in next week for episode 11. Thank you. Thank you.